0: are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. It is September 6, 2016, and you are indeed Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Phil Rossman-Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And I'm back. Took a day off yesterday uh, for for my Labor Day, I guess, uh, something like that. I was a little little tired coming back from watching the, the Florida State Ole Miss game here in the city. Beautiful, but uh, back and ready to go at it for the rest of this week as we get one week closer to beginning of Orlando Magic training camp. And we'll have a brief discussion of some of the ideas that are out there about the Magic. But before we get started, I do want to happily announce that all three NFL teams are now covered within the Locked On podcast network. I know Thursday is a big day for many of you. Uh, the NFL is on the horizon, and who doesn't love the NFL? Well, I'm I'm not particularly a big NFL fan myself, but uh, others certainly are. But you can li- you can get all the information on the three Florida teams now on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just go to iTunes or Audio Boom, search Locked On Bucks, Locked On Dolphins, or Locked On Jaguars to get the latest on the three Florida NFL teams. Be sure to check that out. Get Uh, and give them a listen. They do a great job, just like I do a good job with Locked On Magic, just like everyone on the Locked On Podcast Network does a great job with all those teams. Most NBA teams, most NFL teams are covered on the Locked On Podcast Network. I just wanted to make sure I got that out. On today's show, though, we are going to continue our positional ranking series. I'll be counting down the top five small forwards in the league and and discussing briefly where Aaron Gordon fits into that list. Uh, It's Probably not in the top five. I'll, I'll, I'll spoil that. Uh, and then I'm going to ask a big question, a question that really only maybe hardcore Magic fans uh, are caring about at this point, And that is, where should the Magic put their D-League team? What are the advantages of their two, uh, their two uh, chosen locations between Lakeland and Kissimmee here in the central Florida area? But first, we do want to start off with a brief discussion of some some kind of news. I guess it's I guess it's some, something illuminating as we get closer to training camp, and that uh, was Frank Vogel. He was made available to the media during a Magic community event last week. Uh, I was at home watching Nikola Vucevic, trying to watch Nikola Vucevic play uh, for Montenegro. They play Wednesday, by the way, uh, as as Montenegro continues their Eurobasket qualifying. But Frank Vogel had a couple of interesting statements that he made to Brian Schmitz of the Orlando Sentinel at that, event, at that event, and I want to just kind of share them and break them down. The big thing is he is a big fan of the Magic's versatility. He certainly sees a lot of po- possibilities and potential. I'm mean, certainly believes in the team, and he's been spending a lot of his offseason, and just because the Magic aren't playing, it does not mean the coaches aren't working. I mean, I think... Uh, a, a really something that's really really interesting and, and doesn't get talked enough about uh, in the NBA just because there's no transactions there's there's no action on it until training camp begins but the team's training camp plans like what they do each practice and training camp really what they do uh, how their practices are scheduled throughout the season uh, and kind of the str- a lot of the strategy is implemented and figured out. During these dead months in late July, August, and then early September, uh, obviously uh, not all the time is spent on that. They they do they, this if you're going to take a vacation, this is the time to do it. But the coaches are up in their offices. They're 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 full time employees. Like they 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 go to work. They go to work every day. And Frank Vogel has an office in the Amway Center, just like Corliss Williamson does, just like all the other coaches do. And they sit down and discuss and map out what they're going to do exactly how they're going to implement what they want to implement, and, and try and figure out how to use the pieces they have on the team. And no, for no team is that probably more uh, interesting than it is with the Orlando Magic. And Frank Vogel told Brian Schmitz of the Orlando Magic this is the most versatile roster he has ever coached. That certainly gives him a lot of options in trying to figure out how to do it. And we've certainly spent a lot of time this offseason discussing all the different things Frank Vogel can do uh, with this Magic roster and exactly how he's going to implement them. And, and a big question is, you know, what are you going to do with the excess pieces? How do you how do you make everyone happy doing this? And how do you get a winning team? There's going to be a lot of guys playing different types of roles and ex- being expected to, to hit those different roles because of all the versatility on the team and because of a lot of the questions that we've talked about. Nikola Vucevic uh, has reportedly been developing a three-point shot and Vogel said... Uh, to Schmitz that he expects Vucevic to take the three when he's at power forward. That tells you two things: one, that v- that he feels comfortable with Vucevic taking three pointers, and number two, we're going to see Vucevic at power forward. That means probably we'll see a Vucevic Biombo lineup uh, in limited circumstances, and and I think we've we've talked it's at at least at on OrlandoMagicDaily dot com about how Bismack Biombo uh, can be used alongside Nikola Vucevic and, and why that may be something that can work. That one of the more interesting things. That, that he said was he's ready to give, quote, the green light to Alfred Payton to shoot this season, and if he doesn't shoot, he's going to, quote, take him out if he doesn't take it. We all know Alfred Payton struggles shooting the ball. We know that that that's a major hole and a major flaw in his game, uh, and, and thinking, you know, Alfred Payton purposefully shooting, that's not something the Magic partic- are going to particularly want Uh, for the long term if he can't make it. Well, to me, this is less about Alfred Payton actually physically taking shots and more about having a mentality and a confidence to take shots. Frank Vogel is telling his young point guard, I believe in you to make the right decisions and I believe in you to to get yourself open and make shots to help the team. If you pass up an open shot, you're not helping this team. And I think that's the message he's trying to get across. Payton can't be someone who's passive, and is unwilling to shoot when he's open. He's got to make defenses respect his shot. That means he's got to make a few of them, but that also means he's got to take them. And I think he's going to want that mentality for every single player on the roster. He's going to want them to be thinking, I'm open, I'm going to take the shot. The ball has come to me. Uh, There's no better option available. I'm going to take the shot or I'm going to drive. It's an aggressive mentality they've got to have, and it's a confidence the coach has in his team, without even seeing them play yet. They, I mean, uh, I'm sure he's I mean, he's obviously seen them play, but he hasn't coached them yet. Without seeing that, he's ready to believe in in one of his worst shooters that I believe that you're going to make this shot. And certainly with Nikola Vucevic taking threes, I believe you're going to make that shot. Vucevic doesn't take a lot of threes. He, he hasn't really taken a lot of threes. He's, he's saying, I believe, A, you can play this position, and B, I believe you can make that shot. I want you to take that shot. That's a very, very powerful statement coming from a head coach, from a new head coach especially. The Magic are not afraid to use their versatility right now. They, they see that as a strength. It's something they've talked about uh, in the last four years extensively. They want to be a versatile team. They want to be uh, a team that is is extremely strong defensively, uh, and they believe that versatility will make them better defensively. Obviously, versatility is a double edged sword. I mean, it's 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 the it's the two quarterbacks problem. If you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. Roles have to be established, and the magic have to find ways to make the pieces fit. And and Vogel, I have no doubt, has been spending most of his offseason trying to figure out ways to make the pieces fit, and and having giving himself options, and, and thinking about what do I want to experiment with in training camp, what combinations do I want to experiment with in the preseason, and then ultimately, how do I see this rotation fleshing out. As Scott Skiles would always say, a rotation kind of reveals itself, so it's hard to put anything in pen or in stone or whatever, whatever. but certainly Vogel seems to believe he has options and seems to have confidence in a lot of his players to improve. It is Labor Day. It is past Labor Day now. Uh, Many of these players will begin trickling back to Orlando, uh, and that plan will get even more refined as we get closer to September 27th when training camp begins. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the NBA positional rankings. We've been doing this series for a little for a little while, getting a little bit behind. Want to make sure we get to all of them uh, here on the show. Um, we had some great posts on OrlandoMagicDaily.com talking about these. And remember, this is merely for debate. It's it's not necessarily a uh, anything set in stone um, and, and anything like that. So I'm going to name my top five small forwards. In the league. And then I wrote this post so it, you can check out on Orlando Magic My rankings is from about two weeks ago. So just uh, search top 10 small forwards and, and you should be able to find it. Number five, I put Jimmy Butler. He's going to be moving up to the small forward position. And I would say, actually, before I even begin with this, the small forward position is probably the most, the, the deepest position in the league. Um, there are some very very good small forwards in this league. I have Carmelo Anthony at number six, and 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 that's going to be blasphemy. I have Gordon Hayward at number seven. I'm a big Gordon Hayward fan. I think he's going to have a big breakout season this year. I have Nicholas Batum at eight. This is a very very deep position. Uh, so to be in this top ten is really special. To be in this top five, you've got to be extremely special. And I think you know why because the top two are the who the top two are. Number five, I have Jimmy Butler. Uh. He's been a really, really great player for a, for a while now uh, for the Chicago Bulls. has really has developed from defensive stopper to reliable heavy minutes guy and starter to superstar, to, to all-star and superstar. Um, last year with the Bulls, didn't go the way he wanted to, but he certainly came into his own as a scorer, uh, has proven himself to be more than just a defender, uh, uh, and and this year is going to be really interesting for him. He's going to be moving up to the small forward. And he's certainly physical enough. If he doesn't have like the, the height or the weight, height, he certainly has the weight and he has the wingspan and he has the drive to be a strong defender at the small forward position. With Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade there, he's going to have the scoring load maybe uh, shared a little bit more, more off of him. Uh, you know, The Fred Hoiberg offense is still something that I think a lot of people are trying to figure out. But Butler, to me, you look at what he did, with, did at the Olympics. He's a very, very solid player. His shot continues to improve. It's, that's a big weakness of his still. Uh, but he continues to get better, and there's a reason so many teams were after him when there was perceived weakness with the Bulls that they were looking to move their superstar. They kept him. They've got a core player to build around in Jimmy Butler. Number four, I have Kawhi Leonard. The claw has turned himself into one of the best players in the league he's certainly probably the best perimeter defender in the league is there a better perimeter defender in the league than Kawhi Leonard certainly not someone at an all-star level like him Uh, he continues to increase his scoring he continues to improve his jumper he continues to make better on his weaknesses and he just gets his work done I mean obviously he's very very quiet um, notoriously quiet uh, and, and just fits that Spurs culture perfectly and the Spurs are slowly becoming his team, and it's going to be really interesting to watch him grow as a young player now that the team really feels like it's his. Tim Duncan's gone, obviously. You still got Manning, you still got Parker, you still got Lamarcus Aldridge, so there's help there. It's not like he has to do it alone, uh, but Kawhi Leonard feels like he's on the cusp of being really, really good. The Spurs found another one, of course, uh, and he continues to get better. Number three, I have Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, we saw what Paul George did at the Olympics. We've seen what Paul George has done coming off of the the broken leg. It's incredible, especially one as ghastly as that. It's been really incredible to watch him return to form, and it's really been that he's returned to form. He's one of the best scoring wings in the league. Uh, really carried the Pacers into the playoffs last year. Obviously, their their strong defense helped, and and he was a big part of that uh, as the team leader, and and especially as uh, on the perimeter he really galvanized that team and, and kept them grounded, and, and Rogel used him in some fun ways uh, as, as a defender uh, off the ball. Paul George, though, uh, is still getting back to full health. He had a little bit of a, of a dip um, in the middle of the season last year as he got fatigued, got a good second win, and got the Pacers into the playoffs. Had a fantastic Olympics. Was probably the best player on Team USA in the Olympics, I would say. Uh, really, really looked good. It was a big redemption moment for him to get that gold medal, uh, and I think he's going to be ready to play and have a big season for the Indiana Pacers this year. And I'm not just saying that because he is on my fantasy team on a contract year, and I'm I'm ready to offer him a max a max contract uh, when when my fantasy league season ends at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a strange keeper league. Uh, I can I can talk about it later on uh, st- later soon. I'm sure. Okay, number two, there's only two options here left, Uh, obviously, who's number one, who's number two. Number two for me is Kevin Durant of the Golden State Warriors. Still sounds weird to say that, but it is true, and I still think even though he moved to Golden State and his scoring's going to go down, he's still the second-best small forward in the league. I don't think Durant gets the appreciation he deserves for the things he does on the floor each and every game. Kevin Durant, to me, uh, is still a very, very strong defender. Um he doesn't get the credit he he should as a defender uh he's not a me first guy yeah he scores a lot, but it takes some it takes some uh you know pushing to get him going sometimes and that's why him and Russell Westbrook were such a good mix and why they really never felt like there was a problem. The only problem was maybe fans wanting Durant to be more assertive because he'll make the right decision probably more than Westbrook would. Durant is going to continue to. Uh, evolve, and, and this year's going to be really interesting to see how he fits in with Golden State. But I think he's still going to be one of the best players in the league. He's another guy that can create off the dribble for Golden State, and they run they run just a beautiful motion offense. Uh, if he's willing to move and cut, they're going to get him the ball, and and he's just going to go, and, they're, and defenses are going to be shifting and scrambling like crazy. I mean, he's still going to put up good numbers. His numbers are not going to decrease to the point where he's like less than 20 points per game. He's not sacrificing that much. Golden State is still a very, very good team. Uh, They got even better somehow. Uh, And uh, even though they didn't win the title, even though they blew a 3-1 lead in the finals, as everyone likes to, as the memes like to remind us, the Golden State Warriors are the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship next year. And, And adding Kevin Durant's a big reason for that. Love the decision, hate the decision. Durant made it and he's going to dominate he's still going to dominate no matter what jersey he wears because he's kevin freaking durant the top spot though still goes to the king lebron james lebron is a- is getting a little bit older there's no doubt about that but he is still the best small forward in the league and possibly still the best player in the league he proved that in the nba finals yes Maybe LeBron James is pacing himself a little bit more through these seasons as he gets older. Yes, maybe LeBron James' jumper is beginning to, to to tail off. But when games matter, when it matters, LeBron James always steps his game up. Even when he's not scoring, he's making other players better. He, I mean, I don't care about the MJ comparisons. He, Who, who cares if he's better than MJ or not? He's the best player of this generation, of the, say, you know, if Kobe's, Kobe's run is the best player of the league ends perhaps in 2004, 2005, 2006. Since 2007 at the very, very least, LeBron James has been the best player in the league. And Stephen Curry is very, very good and is, and is doing some great things in his own right. LeBron is still the guy. He is still the man at the top of the heap, uh, and is just—I mean—he's a basketball savant, and uh, you know, he's figured this game out, knows how to compete and win championships. There's no doubt about that. Now he's got three rings, three rings, and has been to six straight finals. Um, it, there's just, there's just no questioning what LeBron is capable of and what he's still capable of. The skills may begin to deteriorate, deteriorate a little bit more. He's got plenty of help in Cleveland. To make, himself, to make himself better and allow him to pace himself so that he can continue having big playoff performances and winning what matters most to his legacy, and that is the ring. Aaron Gordon, to me, he's going to be the starting small forward this year. He's in a weird group like in that 12, 13, 14, 15, maybe 16 range of guys who are still young, still developing, and guys who are old or established uh, but have kind of reached their ceiling and it's not quite up to snuff. Uh, I had Gore. I have Gordon in a group with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Andrew Wiggins, Rudy Gay, and Wilson Chandler. Uh, I know. I, I would probably put Gordon only ahead of Chandler at this point. So I think. Well, would that make him 15. I think. Um, so he's about a league average small forward at this point. Uh, obviously, still has a lot of improvement to go. Has a high ceiling. Could prove us all wrong and, and come in this year and be a breakout star. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me though if he. It's kind of like Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, where he's a special, a defensive specialist, uh, and, and isn't a big contributor on the scoring end, but makes your team a lot better on the defensive end. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's that either. We we just don't really know much with Aaron Gordon, whereas Andrew Wiggins, he's already established himself as a strong scorer. Um, he's more defined as a player, and, and even Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, he puts up his numbers are just that are just a lot better than Gordon's right now. And and so I would give him the nod. Rudy Gay is solid. He's he's had some good good years with Sacramento, even though they haven't been able to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, Wilson Chandler's been up and down with injuries, but uh, is a consistent player. And to me, the problem with Aaron Gordon is gaining consistency. That's that's always the problem and, and he's gotta establish that. Let me take a quick break right now to remind everyone to go listen to the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. There are a ton of great podcasts. You can find them all on iTunes and Audio Boom. Just search Locked On, your favorite team. Podcast I would suggest for everyone today is to go visit Locked On Hawks. Locked On Hawks hosted by, I believe it's, uh, let me double check, by Brad Rowland. Yeah. Uh, hosted by Brad Rowland uh, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, he did a preview of the Southeast Division on Tuesday. So that would include that would include a t- little team called the Orlando Magic. Be sure to give that a listen. Uh, give it a give it a like. Uh, give it five stars and, and a comment if you would like. If you like that show, if you like our show, feel free to give us a comment and a like uh, and, and, and a five star rating. Over on Audio Boom, Stitcher, and uh, and as well iTunes, of course. Uh, we really appreciate the feedback and the support. Tell your friends uh, as we get closer to NBA season. There are so many great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA, NFL, Fantasy Basketball, Fantasy Football, full NBA podcast on Locked On NBA, full NFL podcast on Locked On NFL. Be sure to check that. Be sure to check. All those great podcasts out there is something for you if you're interested in sports. So be sure to check that out and uh, support the podcast as we continue to grow here. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks.
1: It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year right now. Buy one get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is nine ninety nine, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only twelve ninety nine. Buy one get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.
0: All right, I'm going to close this show out today with something that's probably only for very, very hardcore Magic fans and something that... that may or may not matter in the long run to the Orlando Magic as as a team and as an organization, but it's something they've been pushing for for a very, very long time, and they um, appear very, very close to naming a host city for their D-League team. As hardcore Magic fans certainly know, and so I'll share it here, the Orlando Magic are going to finish their three-year agreement with the Erie Bayhawks for their one-to-one affiliation. Uh, So... Anytime the Magic send a player to the D League, they send them to the Erie BayHawks. Uh, but this will be the final season of that, and the Magic will host a new team based in Central Florida for the 2017-2018 season. By all reports, those two cities have been nar- the, the two sites have been narrowed down to the Lakeland Center in nearby Lakeland, Florida, and the uh, and the uh, 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 Silver Spurs Arena at Osceola County Heritage Park uh, in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, about a week ago, I went over and broke down the uh, advantages and dis- the, the, the five reasons why the Magic should move their D-League team to each city, and there really are some key advantages to each city. The the big advantage, of course, for the whole project is that the D-League team will be in Central Florida within an easy drive away to send players down to, 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 to get a quick game in before coming back up for practice. Uh, to kind of keep a close eye on players and have them uh, kind of more integrated within the Magic system. Uh, those kind of things are the reason why the Magic wanted a team in Florida. It's, it's just a, easier to keep an eye on them and uh, have them available for other players. Now, what are the specific advantages for each site? Uh, Lakeland is a really interesting city. It's about uh, for those who aren't familiar with Florida geography. When you're driving from Orlando to Tampa on I four, so you're driving west on I four, Lakeland is about I would say two thirds of the way between Orlando and Tampa. So you, you you hit Auburndale, which is where Tracy McGrady is from, and and is and is lovingly dubbed downtown Orlando. There's 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 actually a mining company called Orlampa Mining Company and and they have signs that says future site of downtown Orlampa just outside of Auburndale. Uh, but once you get past or- once you get past Auburndale uh, and Winter Haven, the next big city is Lakeland. It's 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 a really interesting idea to host the team there. It's it's not a big city by any means. It's it's not quite a suburb. Kissimmee is is far from downtown Orlando, but still considered the Orlando metropolitan area. Lakeland's kind of its own area, and Lakeland has hosted some big events in the past. They host the uh, state the state championship for the high, for high school basketball within the state of Florida um, every single year, and and do a pretty good job drawing people in to that. Um, it's relatively easy to get to La- to the Lakeland Center. It's relatively easy to get to Lakeland from Orlando, Orlando, or from Tampa. It's kind of a nice weighing station between the two cities. Now, this would be the point where I would say, okay. How do you measure what you're trying to get out of the D league out of the D league site? And I think for the Magic, they're mostly looking to control some cost. I, I don't think um, there are a lot of market considerations being made here. Um, there are definitely proximity location proximity considerations being made, but the biggest thing I think the Magic want to do is control costs. Where can we host this team uh, with the least kind of overhead expenses, so to speak? Um, And, of course, we're not privy to what uh, the Lakeland Center is going to be asking or what they're offering and what Silver Spurs Arena is going to be asking and what they're offering. But I I do think there is an opportunity that the Magic shouldn't pass up here to uh, continue to to add to their marketing wing and add to their marketing and fan base. Orlando does the Magic, you know, as a team, do a really good job marketing to set to uh, North to North Orange County, especially um, Seminole County, uh, nearby Sanford, Lake Mary, that area, they do a really good job coming coming to Magic Games. You don't really hear a lot about people coming from the Kissimmee area, and that's why I think that's why I think there's the possibility that um, Kissimmee would be a really good location. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a sec. You don't really hear a lot of people driving from Tampa to come to Magic Games. The Magic are on in Tampa. There's no... There's no... That's not a Heat territory. When you look at the Sun Sports, Fox Sports Florida map, that is Magic territory officially for the TV market. So, Tampa gets Magic games. They don't get Heat games. Yet, I, I have not really heard of any outreach by the Magic to Tampa. Well having an NBA team or a D-League team in Lakeland, relatively close to Tampa, gets the Magic closer to that large market. Tampa is currently the largest television market in the United States without an NBA team. Just think about that. The Tampa the Tampa Bay-St. Pete-Clearwater St. Pete, area is the largest television market without an NBA team. Now, they're never going to put an NBA team there because the Magic are in Orlando and I think the logic is, well, they're about an hour and a half apart. Tampa fans can going to come to Orlando. That's never really been the case, though. I, I don't think there's an active movement to to go out and get fans from Tampa. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done a, a pretty decent job trying to attract fans from Orlando. They actually charter a bus that leaves from—I've uh, actually taken it. It left from uh, from Festival Bay, now Artagon Marketplace— Dropped you off at the Buccaneers game, and then you ride the bus back to, to Artegon and, and to Orlando. Um, you see signs still up up around. Uh, they're, they're tam- the Buccaneers are trying to get into the Orlando market. The Rays are even trying to sell tickets in the Orlando market. I've not heard of the Magic trying to reach into Tampa very, very much. Having a D-League team in Lakeland, though, could be a means to gain some access to the Tampa market, to some Tampa fans. Have some Tampa, Have some Tampa fans come to a game in Lakeland, you start selling magic tickets at the at the D League team, D League team, or you make a magic ticket part of the D League season ticket package. There are some ideas that you can have that can help the Magic get access to this big television market uh, with some potential fans who might be willing to come, to drive in for a weekend game. Like I said, Lakeland has also hosted the. FHSAA State Basketball Championship. So, from a since uh, really since 1996, but they also hosted it from 1977 to 1990. This is a basketball town. So, when it comes to potentially having a D League team and, and trying to make, you know, trying to keep costs down, there's a potential also to bring some some revenue up. This is a community that doesn't have direct access to professional basketball. So you're putting a professional basketball team in a community that has supported basketball for a very, very long time. Um, I think that is a good reason why, I mean, honestly, this is one of the reasons why I think Lakeland is probably the site to host the team. There is a, a market that, that doesn't have easy access to Orlando. Certainly you can try and get some, some you know, presence there, but they're not coming to Orlando 41 times a year. This is a market where you know they've got a relatively nice venue. They've got a, a smallish venue, so you certainly can can sell it out, and it's not going to be a task. It's got, it would be one of the larger venues in the D League, though. Uh, but you also have a city that has a history of basketball and and has supported basketball for for some time now, or for for a very very long time with the FHSAA tournament, and it keeps coming back there. Um, Lakeland, to me, is uh, a really interesting option. It's not one that you would think of off the top of your head in Florida, but it is a basketball town in some place that has basketball. Like I said, it's also got a manageable venue. Uh, there are two minor league teams that play in the Lakeland Center. There's an indoor soccer team as well as indoor football team that plays in the building. It seats about 8,000, which would make it one of the larger venues uh, in the in the uh, 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 D League. This is also a town that ha- that it has experienced minor league sports before. They've obviously got those two teams. They also host the Detroit Tigers um, uh, for spring training, and they do have a minor, a, a low class A minor league baseball team. I will note though that that uh, that minor league baseball team has has struggled lately. It, it, it's it last in its le- last in its league in attendance uh, for the last two years, if I'm not mistaken. So. There is the question will they actually support this team it, it they may be a basketball town that may be the right market for a basketball team uh, from that perspective uh it's it's again this isn't an exact science I'm not gonna pretend to know you know that this is the right way to to do things or what the magic are even thinking about but Lakeland really is uh, an interesting venue it's it's far enough it's far enough from Orlando that that you can maybe draw some people in from Tampa but close enough that, that they can come to Orlando as well for, for a stray Magic game. But it's also a community that, that I feel like can support a minor league basketball team on its own. It, 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 they clearly get some basketball um, and and host that well. So uh, it would not surprise me if Lakeland is the surprise winner. Now, Kissimmee has its own advantages too. And, and Kissimmee and Silver Spurs Arena would also make a very good site for this D-League team. Why is this? Well, I think the proximity to Orlando is really, really big. I think it would be very possible for the Magic to have, uh, depending on what the rules are. I'm, I, I, I don't know if there would be a rule against this, but I think it would be very, very possible to have the D-League coaches, the players, all practice within the Amway Center and be around the NBA team and really work hand-in-hand hand with as much as possible with the coaching staff and with the front office there and and really keep a close eye on them. The L.A. defenders do do practice and play at the Los Angeles Lakers practice facility. So it's not... I, I don't believe it's against the rules for them to practice. They obviously can't practice together, perhaps, but uh, it would be possible for the Magic to kind of establish Orlando as a home base if the team is in Kissimmee. Kissimmee is... It's far Osceola, uh, Osceola County uh, south of Orlando is certainly its, its own place. It's far it's pretty far from Orlando. It's not a, an easy drive. it's about 45 minute drive from downtown Orlando uh, depending on traffic. But it is close enough that, that it can be that, that the Amway Center can really be a home base for it, the magic farm system, if you will. The Silver Spurs Arena, similar to the Lakeland Center, seats about 8,000. It's a pretty open venue. There are no other uh, sports teams from what I saw uh, playing there right now. Uh, and so they would have pretty much the run of the building. It would it would be their site. Um, like I said, the the big reason I think the Magic want the D-League team is for a guy like Steven Zimmerman. I don't think we expect Steven Zimmerman to play a lot this coming season. So how do the Magic get, get him playing experience so he can at least test out some of the things he's working on in practice in a game situation? Well, the way to do that is you have a Magic game on a Friday night. He stays on the main roster for Friday. Let's say the Magic are taking the day off Saturday. Well, you send Steven Zimmerman down to the D League for a Saturday, for a Saturday matinee game and call him back up after the game so he can play with the team on sun, for a Sunday afternoon game. That's how the Magic want to use the D-League. And Kissimmee means he doesn't have to travel anywhere. He doesn't have to travel too far. He's right there ready to play. And that, that's a big thing that the Magic want, and it would certainly help them. Now, like uh, like Lakeland, Kissimmee has had kind of a poor history uh, with some minor league teams. The Florida Seals played at the Silver Spurs Arena and folded within about a year and a half. That was a minor league hockey team. Uh, my understanding of that situation was there, was there was a situation with the ice and upkeep of the ice that, that was... A big expense, uh, so that obviously doesn't work. Um, so that's obviously not going to be an issue with the basketball team so much, and the Magic are certainly going to keep it well funded, so they'll they'll play. Uh, the other big thing I think uh, with this is you can get ties directly back to the Magic. If there is a business advantage, it's saying you know you like if you like D League basketball, come check out the Magic. We're only thirty minutes away. I think this would make it make a lot of sense to give a Magic ticket away with every season ticket package. You buy a season ticket package to the Orlando Magic D-League team, you're going to get a Magic ticket. And if you live in Kissimmee, going to a weekend game isn't going to be very hard to do. It's going to be something you'll you'll be willing to do and, and a nice perk of being a season ticket holder. So you can build Magic ties with an area of, of Central Florida that ha- that... They go to magic games. It's not that they don't go to magic games, but I think a lot of magic fans live in Seminole, in Seminole County in North Orange County, north of downtown, and less of them kind of live in in Osceola because it's just a little far. Um, when the, there was a lot of talk of putting the Amway Center on I Drive at one point, uh, there was definitely there was a proposal made for a site on I Drive um, by a lot of the hoteliers and and, and the tourism industry. And the big concern from the Magic was it would be too far for the North the North Orlando, pe- North Orlando people, which is where a lot of their fan base was. Downtown is a more central location, obviously. Um, I think that was the right decision. But you still want to be able to attract everyone from around Central Florida and building Magic ties at a grassroots level with a minor league team could be a way to do that. Kissimmee has more direct access to Orlando. There are more people available to go to these games if that is the goal, if the goal is to draw people in. Going to a game from Orlando to Kissimmee is probably a little bit easier than going from Tampa to Lakeland. Kissimmee itself has a smaller population than Lakeland, but it has deeper access to Central Florida, both Orange and Osceola County, as well as probably Polk. Uh, Getting there is also a lot easier than Lakeland, where you'd probably have to fly through Tampa and bus, bus down there. Uh, getting getting there from and from Orlando National Airport which is very close to the border between uh, orange and Osceola county is is just a little bit easier too and I think uh, that kind of stuff matters for a league that's that's a little cost conscious uh, those are the two sites you know I like I said I, I think Lakeland is really really interesting and I kind of like that idea but I think both sites are going to be really really good sites and I think that they'll they'll accomplish whatever goals the Magic have for their D-League. Like I said, it, it's kind of a nerdy Magic thing, and so I hope hopefully I didn't bore you talking too much about it. Uh, I, I'm excited to have more basketball downtown, or not downtown, but have more basketball in Central Florida. I'm probably going to check out a few D-League games. Why not? It's basketball's basketball. Uh, and so uh, I'll be looking forward to that. Um, I hope you guys will be too, and we'll be looking forward to the Magic making an official announcement for whatever reasons they want to make it. Like I said, my my reasons tended to be very market-based reasons, and, and that may not be anything the Magic are interested in. Who who the heck knows? Um, but we'll see exactly what happens on the D-League front. I want to thank everyone again for listening to Locked on Magic each and every day. I really appreciate it. Be sure to leave us a comment or a, a, and a five-star rating on iTunes, as well as on Stitcher, I believe, also has a rating system. That really helps us improve our rankings and climb uh, up the iTunes charts so more people can find us. And if, so more people can find us, be sure to tell your friends about us here at Locked On Magic as well as the rest of the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Tomorrow I will be back with uh, probably a longer-form version, even longer than than this 37-minute podcast, uh, with uh, with a special guest talking a little bit about Magic history. We'll probably dig in a little bit to Shaq's uh, Hall of Fame induction later this week as well Uh, and then of course um, later on this week I'll be joining uh, Josh Lloyd on the locked on fantasy basketball podcast so be on the lookout for that I want to thank everyone again for listening to locked on magic until next time we'll see you
1: you're locked on magic your daily podcast on the Orlando magic part of the locked on podcast network